Hey there, MSPs and IT pros. Welcome to the Rocket MSP podcast, the show where we ask the tough questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Comet Backup. Uh, you can learn more about them in the show's description. My guest today is Matt Holland, CEO of Field Effect. Matt, how you de- doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, man. I'm I'm so glad to have you on here because I've got to say Field Effect is one of those companies that it's been on the list, but I never knew who to contact. So I'm glad we were able to connect. Yeah, me too. Happy to be here. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about uh, some cybersecurity stuff, you know, because that's that's kind of your specialty, right? Yeah, it's, it's basically uh, all I've done my entire adult life. So, uh, yeah. Now... Before we dive in, because I've I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask you. Before we dive in all of that, uh, I would love to just get to know you better. Um, sure. Can you can you give us some background? I know I know you told me some things off air, so whatever you're comfortable sharing with everyone, um, especially if you know anything about like where the aliens are kept or any of the, I know I know you I know you cyber guys. You know where all the secrets are, right? So <laughs> fill us in. Tell me what you got. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I started my career uh, at Communication Security Establishment, which is uh, the Canadian version of the NSA, albeit a little bit smaller, uh, back in 2000. Uh, I was there for seven years. I got to work on really pointy edge, edge of the uh, or end of the spear uh, type of technology. So uh, things that unfortunately I can't talk about, but uh, I got to be exposed to techniques, approaches that that really laid the groundwork for how I approach. Uh, cyber, uh, even to this day. Uh, in 2007, I, I co-founded uh, an intelligence tradecraft company, uh, which uh, for all intents and purposes was a um, you know privatized intelligence uh, company that produced uh, technology to help Five Eyes uh, intelligence agencies with their mission. And uh, I ended up selling that along the way to Elthris. Uh, but bef- before doing that, uh, co-founded Field Effect. Uh, and, and Field Effect is a company that has built a holistic cybersecurity stack. Uh, we offer it in the form of uh, a very advanced MDR services to SME because it's a, you know, clearly small to medium businesses have been historically, uh, you know, uh, not focused on by the cybersecurity industry. And we felt it was a big opportunity to help and, and start a new mission. So, you know, I've been doing this for, for 23 years. I absolutely love it. I'm passionate about it. Um, my wife would probably agree. It's the only thing I'm actually good at and I <laughs> intend on doing it for a, for a very long time. Well, very cool. I'm I'm so glad to have you on here today. Uh, so let's let's dive into some some questions to help MSPs. So many MSPs rely on like a, a patchwork of security tools that often leave gaps in in the cybersecurity. Uh, just overall cybersecurity, I'll, I'll call it uh, health. Okay. Mm. So what's driving the need for a more holistic approach? Uh, I think the biggest thing is, is that at, at this stage uh, and the type of attackers that MSPs face, uh, that approach uh, to have the, the separate systems, it just doesn't work anymore. Um, you know, I like to call it the Swiss treat cheese approach. And while it's, it's great on a burger, uh, it tends to lead to ransomware uh, businesses. And with, with, with cybersecurity, a uh, core tenant is visibility. If you do not have visibility uh, over your IT assets, your people, your networks, uh, then at the end of the day, somebody is going to get in and they're going to do something that uh, you won't like, a ransomware attack, a financial redirection attack. Um, and I think MSPs are starting to realize that you know, for their well-being, their customers' well-being, that they have to adopt more of a holistic approach that gives them the visibility across uh, all of their customers' assets. And would you say that today's threats are different than what MSPs faced like five years ago? Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. Um, it, it's gotten, um, I, I would say, considerably uh, more wild, wild west out there. Um, it's, you know, when you, when you look back to, I think, what has caused that, um, you know, the, the renaissance of, uh, or the, the, the emergence of modern uh, ransomware kind of started when uh, the shadow brokers leak occurred. So MSPs are now up against intelligence grade techniques due to those leaks uh, back in 2016. That means that, you know, literally they have to defend against what used to be nation state level technology. Um, we see a lot of living off the land techniques as well. So uh, attacks that don't require actually installing any malware, attackers will come in and make use of the, uh, the features and the technology that exists on the host uh, itself. And that's that's a very difficult thing um, uh, to detect. 
the pandemic also changed things considerably. Um, you know, the, 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 the world of um, people going uh, to remote offices or working from home really led to uh, the, a transformation of having to stress remote management of, of all customers. And that required a transition in technology and a lot of the, the old technology that was used didn't get deprecated. So things like credential leaks or allow uh, utilization of, of that old technology in a way that an attacker can 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 go after your customers and I think you know the 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 volume has changed quite a bit as well we're now in a place where as opposed to the occasional attack against a small to medium business it is a constant barrage so it's not whether and if it's just how frequently is it going to happen um, and, and ultimately that has led to the expectation that MSPs are going to solve the cybersecurity problem so there's a lot more focus on MSPs to, to, to address this issue. And I think five years ago, it wasn't quite that level of uh, expectation. Now, I know that uh, a problem that many MSPs face is uh, we're, we're still using tactics that are five years old or even 10 years old. Um, a lot of MSPs, especially the smaller ones that, uh, let's be honest, they maybe don't know what they're doing as well as some of the larger, more established guys. Um, they don't even know what, what terms like live off the land mean. So why don't we start there? Can you, can you explain that uh, definition for me and, and kind of what that is? Sure. Um, so uh, a traditional uh, attack that doesn't include uh, that approach, you would you would install, you know, gain some sort of execution on a on a host, and then you would install malware, and that malware might be ransomware, it might be a virus, but it's a unique uh, program that does not exist on the computer prior to that attack. It's something that the attackers put down. Uh, traditionally, this has been the point where antivirus software or other type of endpoint technology. Uh, would, would detect and say, okay, that doesn't belong here or that looks malicious, and that's what they would clean up. Now, in the case of living off the land, there is nothing being dropped by the attacker. They gain execution in some way, uh, perhaps through a remote console uh, or you know an RD, RDP instance, and then can utilize the tools that are built into the operating system to perform their attack. And that leaves a much smaller uh, surface of detection uh, for uh, cybersecurity software to say, okay, that doesn't belong here. It comes down to what are the uh, heuristics around the uh, program being run, sometimes Python, sometimes PowerShell. Uh, and it, it's a much more challenging thing to detect because oftentimes that uh, approach of living off the land looks like an administrator doing what they do. So it's, oh, it's, wow. it's a okay. much more challenging thing to identify. So besides living off the land, uh, what are some of the biggest vulnerabilities or blind spots that MSPs have using a fragmented security setup? Um, most often we see uh, RDP being the point of attack. Um, that's that's something that MSPs will utilize in order to manage their their customers. If you're an MSP and you have 100 customers, obviously you're not going on site every day or periodically, so you utilize something like uh, remote desktop. Uh, and if your credentials are leaked uh, and an attacker finds those credentials, uh, they can utilize that same approach to get into a system. Now. The challenge there is if you are not running something like a network sensor, identifying RDP attacks becomes much more difficult. Some some endpoints can pick it up, but oftentimes, um, you know, that doesn't always happen. So the the blind spot on the network is is something that um, you know is is something we see pretty often that MSPs may not configure. Um, the other thing I think is is the the blind faith in technology solving the problem. And you know, from a from a risk standpoint, when you're going out and building a, a custom stack, you know, you'll it, it's it's not uncommon to you know choose something that Gartner says is the best, uh, and and you know, you no, know, what's the what's the, the the phrase? Nobody ever gets fired for for buying something that Gartner says is good, but in <laughs> reality, um, there, there's a difference between buying the technology and having the team to use it. And the, the lack of em emphasis on that managed piece with the people using the technology is, is something that uh, I, I would consider a blind spot as well. Ultimately, you need something that uh, includes um, solid people, really good processes, and really good technology. That is the equation for an amazing site uh, implementation. 
Well, and it, it sounds like you kind of answered my, my next question a little bit. Um, so how does a holistic system consolidate and integrate key capabilities like endpoint network and cloud security? Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, a bit of a, a little bit more than a passion project. <laughs> it's kind of, it's what we do um, here at Field Effect. And, and I, I think out of the gate, you know, th this is a bit of a long answer. Um, people often uh, miss holistic cybersecurity as just uh, XDR because it is, a, you know, it is perceived as being a layer on top of different types of technology. In reality, uh, a holistic, a truly holistic system is considerably more than that. And I would argue that it is as much a philosophy as it is a technology stack. It is the uh, it is the idea of looking at the internal threats and the external threats. Um, you know what's happening in the world ahead of an attack before somebody attacks you. Is somebody registering a domain that looks like yours before they do a phishing attack? Um, it includes looking at people and protecting people and training people and understanding how people are uh, a, th a threat to a business uh, and, and ultimately improving the overall business uh, in regards to resiliency. Um, the concept of threat surface is often something that doesn't get a lot of focus and, and that is a really piece of uh, holistic cybersecurity. Um, what that means is it's not just installing software and having a team of people behind it, it is constantly improving your network, um, finding vulnerabilities, saying this is a problem, you need to fix it. And over time, the holistic approach actually makes businesses stronger and more resilient to attacks. Um, and then there's a, the whole concept of, you know, how do you integrate as many sensors as possible into one holistic system? So is there, you know, a DNS firewall or email protection? Um, internal threat scanning, external threats uh, um, scanning, and, and just really understanding what the actual what the actual um, uh, I guess business is that you need to protect. And I think that's the difference between and holistic. It is you look at it the way an attacker would look at it and defend with that same uh, level of breadth. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off script a little bit here. Right now there are so many cybersecurity startups and big players um you know we'll we'll just we'll just mention field effect and then you know there's you, you mentioned rdp earlier so there's companies like TrueGrid who provide a uh, secure rdp there's there's new uh, like i'll call them all-in-one cybersecurity suites we are inundated with platforms and it it makes it really difficult, especially for MSPs that that almost have like uh, decision paralysis, right? You know, they're they're afraid to pick the wrong one, so they just don't pick, or they think, um, uh, unfortunately, they they think that uh, if I sign up for this platform, they say they're an all-in-one cybersecurity suite, so this is the only thing I need for my clients. When in fact, it's not. And, and we don't even have to go into all of that. Okay. So I guess what I want to say is one, uh, do you consider field effect to be like the only thing an MSP needs for cybersecurity? And two, uh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Um, well, I mean, yes, I, the, the, the only, you know, straight up, uh, field effect is the most complete platform there is. What we try to do is actually uh, solve the problem for MSPs and businesses uh, and make it simpler. So the the uh, the tool hell uh, that you you just described, like we we see it all the time, and every time we see it, it reminds us that yeah, what we've been spending a decade building actually is exactly what the MSP space needs. Whether you know they're 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 stuck in a decision paralysis or tired of alert fatigue or are just paying way too much for a stack of tools. Like th this is why we're here. This this is what gets us jazzed. Um, you know the 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 only thing we don't really get into is uh, firewalls. There's lots of firewall vendors. You know that's just not a space we cover. The other, the, the the whole gamut of what a uh, an MSP would need. That's that's what we do. We we've, we've been building this for a decade. It it is based on uh, a background in intelligence uh, from both the offensive side and the defensive side. So yeah, I, I don't know I don't know what, what more I can say other than <laughs> I think we're we're there. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. 
So, so then let me dig into this a little deeper. Um, you, you say that you think for the most part, uh, field effect checks off all the boxes for MSPs when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, more mature MSPs are implementing controls or frameworks, whether that's CIS, NIST, uh, whatever, right? There's, there's a bunch of them out there. And then some of the clients have to adhere to regulations like HIPAA, right? So, um, have you guys like aligned your product with any controls or frameworks to show like, Hey, here's how we check off all the boxes. Yes. So that is something we've uh, put a lot of time into the last 18 months because we received, um, you know, what, what, what you're, what you're characterizing is something we've been hearing for a while that, all right, if, if, you know, your solution is, is what you say it is, how does it line up with these frameworks? So this, uh, the solution will actually, you know, identify this is where you're in, uh, where you're compliant, this is where you're not compliant. And then on top of that, we have a security services team that will actually work with the MSP or the end customer if that's desired in order to update their system to, to become compliant with those specific frameworks. Um, you know, from our perspective, uh, supporting that whole migration into compliance is, is it's imperative. That, that's where the world is going. So um, for us, it's just a, another dimension to, to what, we're, what we're offering. And, and that's one of the things that I think is kind of a pro and a con you know, these, these controls and frameworks. Now that's just another thing that vendors are, it's, it's almost like AI where vendors are like, uh, let's bolt this on after the fact. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, thankfully you've got, uh, the right background where I think you, you took the right approach and kind of built your product almost around those frameworks and controls. And then, figured out how to check off the boxes with the product if that make does that make sense yeah 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 absolutely and and we 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 approach it from the world of simplicity um you know we're not a company that will will say um let, let, let me rephrase that we're not a company that spends more time uh telling you how smart we are than actually helping you we mm. want to bring simplicity and make the problem go away and whatever uh, that looks like for you is is what we get excited about. So, um, you know, we're we're one of these weird companies that you know we're we're interested in a twenty year, thirty year relationship with our partners, not just to make some money off uh, off a of an MSP and then wish you good luck. Now, that's it's really interesting that you say that because uh, let's be honest in in the MSP. I don't know. I don't, the culture right now with vendors is. Let's get that three-year contract. Um, let's let's make the books look good so that way we can we can sell or IPO or, or whatever. Uh, you know the the business has financial goals, and I get it. You're you're in business to make money. You're not a nonprofit, so I get it. You got financial goals, but it's almost like the um, the service that's being provided to the MSP is almost like secondary to the contracts and the financial goals. So what are you doing uh, about that? What are you doing differently around that? Yeah, no, um, I completely agree uh, with, with what you just said there. And, and we've, you know, over the years, we've um, definitely had the feedback of, can you make it simpler? And, and that's, that's the approach that we really take now is if you want to try the tool out as an MSP, you can try it out for free. Uh, we have such confidence in, in what we are selling uh, in the relationship that we will build with you, that you can try covalence out for free. We'll, we'll we'll set you up, give it a shot, learn the team, learn what uh, what is different about what we bring, uh, and then you know there, there's obviously incentives for signing a three year deal. But if month to month is is what you prefer, uh, we have a uh, a lot of confidence in what we're doing. We would rather customers stay with us because they love working with us then feel like they're forced to remain in a, in a, in a relationship. And I think that's a, you know, a, a philosophical approach that just, just makes sense for the MSP space. Well, from MSPs everywhere. Thank you for that. Um, I, I appreciate that approach. Uh, I've, I've often felt that your, your service or products should speak for themselves. And if, if somebody doesn't like what you're doing, they should be able to take their ball and go home. 100%. So I, I appreciate that you you feel the same way. 
So let's talk more about your product a little bit. Um, how does automation and analytics provide an advantage over the traditional tools? Um, so the, the, a really good model is, is not easy to come by. Um, you don't just, you know, layer some technologies together and, and get there. Uh, a really good model should uh, take into consideration that there's time for AI, there's time for humans, there's time for, you know, a script to do the job or uh, some measure of analytics. And I think the 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 advantage of, of what we've done is we've We've got a nice blend of when to bring people in and when to let the tools do the job, and we forward load as much of the decision making as possible. Um, one unique thing about uh, Field Effect is we don't, uh, because we can um, put an appliance on site on customers if that's what you choose. Customers have the option to say, "Okay, I don't want my data to leave my network," and that, from a privacy standpoint, is is absolutely enormous. Um, you you don't have to go that route if you don't want but the model scales to, to taking that into consideration. Um, and ultimately, you know, from, from our perspective, how good the system works comes down to, you know, how much we empower our operators, what's the reaction time, and what's the certainty of, of what we're doing to ensure that we're not delivering false positives to customers. That, that is a, uh, a core tenant of, of field effect is, uh, you know, a false positive is a sin. And if you ever send a, a false positive through, then, uh, you know, I don't want to say we flog you internally, but there, there's a measure of uh, <laughs> professional shame. Not really, but you get my joke. <laughs> no, I, I like it though. I mean, that false positives suck, man, and and so does the the alert fatigue that yeah. we get from all these different platforms. Uh, but you know what else sucks? Not getting any alerts and assuming that means nothing's wrong. So, what are you doing around that? Like, how how do we know that the product is working? Yeah, so the way we communicate with uh, MSPs and customers in general, um, we were talking about this off air, is what's what's called a, um, an ARO. It stands for an action, recommendation, and observation. And this is a very refined, polished structure to say, this is what happened, or this is what we've observed, or this is what we'd recommend, and these are the things you need to do. In our portal, you can then ask for help and engage with the team. Um, you're not dealing with logs or anything like that. Now, if you ever want to go deeper, uh, we have the covalence dashboard, which allows you to go in and look at all the data that the system is seeing. So if you want to see that stream of logs, you know, we're, we're fully transparent. We'll, we'll open that up and, and you can look at it. Um, but what we have observed is, is, you know, once you come to trust the company and the system, you know, the, the, the interest in that data tends to go away, but it's always there if you need it. So that's a, a kind of a hybrid approach of not wasting your time but if you want to dig deeper, you can. All right. Now, what um, what customer experience improvements can MSPs expect uh, by working with Field Effect versus some of these other platforms? Hmm. Um, I think the most the most impactful is right out of the gates, we focus on re reducing the threat surface for your customers. Threat surface is a really important starting point because it is directly connected to everything that uh, happens from a point in time. So if you can reduce the threat surface, we work with you to say, okay, these are the problems we observe and these are the things we'd recommend. If you can reduce that threat surface, that has the carry-on effect of a uh, customer being more secure and that translating into less work because there's less attacks that will get potentially further on. So from a, from a customer experience standpoint, your life will get easier. Um, and ultimately, uh, you know, the more we can keep you to the left of the boom, you know, the whole left of boom, right of boom, um, ideally boom never happens, but what you do left of boom really dictates how easy, uh, your, your experience is and what your customer experience is and what your experience is as a partner with us. Um, I think that is a philosophical difference, uh, maker that, that, that we, take into uh, every every relationship and i would say the more a partner embraces that the long term gets even easier now i know boom is um the the i don't know the the attack or or the breach or whatever you want to call it right um and i and i understand left of boom is is pre right of broom is boom is post does boom actually stand for something or is it just like an explosion because that's what it feels like yeah i, I think ultimately it's when shit hits the fan on a, on a network <laughs> and you now need to jump into action so yeah an attack happening yeah 
I, I just thought I'd ask the dumb question. I don't know if anyone else wonders this stuff <laughs> or if it's just me. Um, all right. So we, we talked a little bit about the automation and analytics providing the advantage. What efficiencies can MSPs gain from the approach that you guys are offering compared to managing multiple consoles? Yeah. So it, it all comes down to effort and odds of success. So uh, if you're, if you were cobbling together uh, a, a solution that you bring to customers that includes several tools, there is an effort penalty that goes into managing those all at once. Um, you know, best case, you've wrapped it in some sort of single pane of glass. Typically, that is not necessarily within the resource uh, reach of, of most MSPs. So the, the advantage of taking this disparate set of tools and replacing it with one pane of glass that is actually holistic and does the job and better of all of those layers, um, right out of the gate, that allows you to uh, do more with less. So that means if you have, um, you know, uh, really talented uh, cybersecurity engineers, you can probably have them focus on more money makers for your company and actually have a group of people that are uh, of a lower, I guess, technical understanding in order to work with us. So right out of the gate, you know, there's a, there's the ability to do more with the company. And then as you grow your customer base, uh, you know, you, you don't need to hire additional engineers because of the efficiencies you have by using our platform and engaging with our teams. Um, it, it cannot be understated uh, enough uh, or, or should not be understated that, um, you know, when you work with field effect, the, the amount of things you need to look into, it's very much curated uh, by, by field effect. And if, if you don't hear from us unless there is a problem. Uh, and that that is, you know, I don't want to anger the cybersecurity gods, but um, we've had a tremendous amount of success over the years. And uh, that is lar in large part due to, to how uh, uh, the holistic nature of the product, how, how well it works, how good the team is. And, you know, we get jazzed by um, making making MSPs as effective as possible and helping you guys make as much money as possible. Awesome. Now, how, how does... Um... How does the reduced complexity that you're providing to MSPs translate into higher profitability? Because I assume there's a premium that the MSPs are paying for working with, with such a fantastic product like yours versus what they would be spending with some of these other hodgepodge, you know, put, put a few things together to, to try and accomplish the same thing type of solution. Um, this, this may surprise you, but it's actually the opposite. So um, one of the one of the things when you when you uh, get covalence, um, you will notice out of the gate that you will save money based on your technology stack right out of the gate. So if we replace ten tools, you're probably paying a particular fee for each of those ten tools. You pay one fee with field effect, which uh, reduces with the more volume uh, that you do with us, the more business you you bring our way. So. Um, you know, it really depends on what an MSP currently has, but it is not uncommon for us to save your cost by 50 to 60%. Now, what you choose to charge your customers is entirely up to you. Um, but that, by adopting field effect, that is all your margin. Your life gets easier and you can get more margin uh, in the process. So um, that's, uh, you know, I always get excited when, uh, you know, I go to uh, one of the one of the conferences and have a discussion and, and you know, talk about people's tool tool sets and then uh, hear what they're paying for it. Uh, the reaction of, okay, well, right out of the gate with, you know, a 250 person license, you're going to be saving, um, you know, 60, 70% uh, of your of your costs. That is, that is an eye opener uh, for MSPs. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really neat to be able to unlock uh, for MSPs. And on top of that, you, you get the experience that uh, dealing with the company that I talked about, like it's, it's, it's a better experience. You're made more efficient. Your team can do more. So, you know, the, the tail end of profitability just goes up. Now, I'm sure by now everyone here has heard of channel program. So they have a, a couple of things. One, they've got Navistack where uh, MSPs can pop on and, and take, a uh, take a really cool approach of like, I don't know, fill in the blanks, almost like Mad Libs here, just put in whatever tools you're using. And um, it, so, so when you look at something like Navistack, are they putting field effect in for like 
six or seven different cybersecurity related things because you guys are just checking off so many boxes? Uh, I don't know if they evaluate us, actually. I, I've not heard of that uh, that platform. So um, my, my ignorance may be uh, exposed with that question, but... It's okay. I, I know that um, even if you as a vendor are not necessarily paying channel program for anything, I believe if enough MSPs are using your platform, they'll just include it in the list for okay. simplicity's sake. So I expect there's probably 80 people messaging me right now saying we actually do <laughs> that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then another thing that they have is a technology map. Um, and I'll be honest, this map, I'm going to share my screen because um, I, I think this map is is cool and makes my brain hurt all at the same time. So let me let me share this. So so look at all these things, right? I'm sure you're on here somewhere. <laughs> I, I can't see your screen. Uh... Oh, I sorry. I got to hit add to stage. There we go. Uh, yes. I, and I'm, I'm serious. I'm sure you're on here somewhere, but this is what I meant earlier when I said there's just so many tools. And unfortunately, we all just kind of get lumped up together, right? So, yeah. Sofo, I mean, they do they do a lot, right? They've got, you know, find endpoint, and I think they've even got like email and so many other things, right? While, um, Oh, let's pick another one here. Scout DNS doesn't do all of that stuff. I, I almost wish that they would like split this up into, I don't know, like subcategories of, of cybersecurity because this alone makes me feel like paralysis of, of just looking at this. So with that said, since there are so many different types of cybersecurity platforms out there, let me let me ask you about security like services mm -hmm. and and just see if you guys are doing this. Are you doing anything with DNS filtering or do we um, do if we have field effect? Yeah, so so we have what's uh, what's called a DNS firewall, um, which essentially does the same thing. So um, what that allows you to do is control what um, you know DNS uh, lookups will succeed and which ones will be blocked. Uh, and we have this in both uh, what we call like an office version. So if you you have an, an on-prem uh, office or in a roaming case. So we built the roaming DNS firewall uh, when the pandemic started. So if you were, you know, your company turned into an entire work from home scenario and you like to go and work at a coffee shop, um, if you were at home, connect, um, that's one you know type of, of behavior that you can expect. But if you go to a coffee shop, the, the roaming DNS firewall will um, act more aggressively. Um, and, and this is actually one of the most effective ways to, to block attacks because often attackers will come in with a multiple uh, staged approach. Each stage typically calls down and gets another piece. So, um, you know, by utilizing this, it's, it's really great for attack, attack chain disruption. Very cool. Um, let's look at uh, Total is another one on here. Now they are, uh, what's, what's the right term for that? Sassy, I think? They, they basically do, it's it's like a VPN uh, for individual computers to, to get into the network, but it, tools do. But um, when it comes to connecting to a network securely, that's that's not something that you guys do, right? Uh, no, and, and the reason for that is often businesses will, you know, it, it, they'll prefer their own approach to connectivity. Uh, and sometimes telcos will get involved. And uh, we focus more on monitoring of the network and looking for suspicious things, utilizing machine learning, learning where it makes sense to look for anomalies and introducing humans where it makes sense. And uh, from a value standpoint, that's, that is our interpreted sweet spot. Um, not necessarily dictating what your topology needs to look like. Um, that's, that's, you know, in our, nobody likes to be told specifically how to build a network. And we, we find we bring much more value by arriving and saying, okay, we'll protect whatever you have. I like that approach. Let's look at Finn Security, fantastic company that provides uh, Saturday awareness training. You don't do that, right? We do do that. Uh, do we, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we um, this the, the holistic approach. We we started on a product 
uh, in 2009 called Cyber Range. Uh, and, and I actually think it's the best cyber range in the world. Um, I'm just going to say that. Um, but what it does is it allows us to simulate anything from simple environments to complex environments uh, and simulate that in multiple instances. So you can take a class of 20 people, do things like war gaming, um, you know, red versus blue exercises, uh, all the way to, you know, uh, courses on how to use Python and, and labs around that. So um, one of the things that we're, we're really excited to actually roll out is formalized MSP training uh, in uh, realistically early 2024 at this point. Um, but there's a set of curriculum that if you're a uh, field effect customer, uh, and you're an MSP, then there's a set of training that will be available to you to help train your staff uh, to uh, to be better at defending customers. Typically, this is something that um, you know uh, is is quite a costly thing to send your your people to various training courses and, and whatnot. And this is just something we're going to offer because again, we're we're interested in, in very long term relationships and, and long term partnerships. That is so cool, man. Uh, I'll I'll pick one more threat locker. Um, are you are you familiar with them? They they yeah. are a uh, everything's blacklisted except for what you've whitelisted approach. Yeah, yeah. So um, you you can engage. We we don't have uh, necessarily an interface that would be similar uh, or an experience that would be similar to ThreatLocker, uh, but our EDR policies uh, operate on that premise. So um, what when you when you uh, install our endpoint agents, um, you can choose different levels of um, I guess um, strictness. So you can go with like notify only, and that turns into a large feed that our team will consume and look for problems or threats. Uh, a balanced approach that includes some measure of blocking, and then uh, an aggressive approach where we may unintentionally block something proactively. Um, but if the connection between the machine and mothership is not there, it will still act very, uh, um, in, in a, I guess, a, a responsible manner. Um, underneath the hood, we have uh, a set of policies that run. And the, the, the tweaking or the customization of those policies are often uh, an engagement with the MSP or on a per customer basis to, to match whatever the network is. So there's like that initial discovery. Uh, and then once you're, we're, you know, both partner, customer, and us are happy with the policy, as it gets deployed and it has the uh the the i guess a similar feature outcome as threat locker uh with the addition of our approach will also work very well against living off the land attacks which i talked about earlier which is a much bigger threat than um you know what applications are necessarily installed yeah and i, I gotta say it sounds like a living off the land approach can get past the whitelisting approach because it's it's using what's already there it's not like you're dropping some so so even even using a platform like threat locker you're not just like 100% protected which i think 5 years ago that was probably the feeling that most msps had yeah i mean it's i, I don't want to um you know, diminish threat locker. It's, it's a great tool. And I know a lot of sure. MSPs really like it. Um, but the, 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 the tough thing with living off the land is it's, it's not, you can't really white or blacklist it. It is, um, uh, really comes down to the creativity of the attacker. So the heuristic model that you need to, uh, forward deploy on endpoints is considerable. And what I mean by that is if you have process A, start process B, start process C, and then D is the thing that seems weird, what that chain of processes looks like might be the actual determining factor as to whether process D is bad or not. So it's not necessarily about that endpoint thing that is starting, it's the history of how it got there. Um, I, wanna, I wanna ask, somebody popped a question into the chat, so I'm gonna ask this. Um, a lot of MSPs are misguiding their clients on cybersecurities. MSPs will sell the client an EDR-only solution, leaving the network and a cloud attack surface as vulnerable. Then when an MSSP or cybersecurity expert comes in and the client is so convinced that the MSP has them covered that they don't listen to the facts, how can field effect help change their mind? Um, I, th I think uh, the an opportunity to work with us and and see what we can do uh, is 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 believing uh, in in the approach that we've taken. Um, 
you know, the, the, it's, it's the cybersecurity industry is, is tough because there's not really a an authority that anybody can go and definitively say what that authority is saying about the industry is is correct or not. Like MITRE is one thing that, you know, tries to do uh, the best it can to, to gauge technologies. Um, same thing with industry analysts, but, you know, marketers are going to market. So how do you, <laughs> how do you cut through that? Right. And, um, so the, the, some of the best advice that we got from, um, you know, partners over the past year is, uh, as a company, field effects should be doing anything it possibly can to get our solution in the hands of people. Because once you try it and see it and understand it, it will be like a light switch that goes off. Um, it is a, this is where I was saying earlier, holistic cybersecurity is, is as much a philosophy as it is technology and, 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 a, and a service on top of that. And, you know, um, you know, seeing is believing and that, that's generally the approach that we're trying to take. What mistakes do you see MSPs making most often when evaluating new security options? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is um, technology. Uh, they look at the technology only and uh, don't factor in how uh, the managed component can actually uh, uh, negatively impact um, the, the outcome for the customer. So if you buy just an endpoint uh, or just a cloud solution and there's nobody managing it, um, it doesn't work near as well. And I think this is actually one of the most brilliant things that uh, you know the the top five endpoint vendors have actually done. Um, they, they've when you buy an endpoint on its own, if you don't have a team behind it, it's really not that effective. Um, it could be the greatest technology, it could be the most upper right quadrant uh, on Gartner technology, but it's really not effective at the end of day. End of the day for MSPs. Um, but what what the the impression is is that you're buying the level of of effectiveness that you get when there's a team behind it. And if you do not have that team, then buying any technology is not going to work. The only way you will get a really good cybersecurity outcome for your customers is if there's a people component, a process component, technology component. And that, that's why, you know, MDR exists today because it's the, uh, it's, it's, you know, ultimately the most effective way to deliver outcome for customers. So really, I guess to, to, you know, answer that succinctly is be, be honest about what actually good cybersecurity looks like. What a great answer. Are there any metrics or KPIs that MSPs should be tracking to measure the impact of a cybersecurity platform? Um, I think having a good understanding of what your human cost to delivering cybersecurity to customers actually looks like. So if you have 100 customers and you have a team of five uh, you know, cybersecurity people on that, what, what can they do over time? Uh, how much effort is going in on a per customer basis? Uh, understand those metrics because ultimately your efficiency is what is going to govern how effective uh, you grow and the type of company you become over time. Um, you know that predictability is really important. Um, the other thing I would say is, um, you know how how does the threat surface look like for your customers? If if you you know at one point in time you're getting say ten alerts a week on a customer, um, you know what. What are you doing to make the threat surface better to turn that into two alerts per week? You know, if there's a reduction in, in, in vulnerabilities around the, the threat surface of your, your customer networks, then it's less effort for you and then feeds into better, better uh, tracking around that first point. So um, I, I don't, you know, the, the effort that would take per company is really dependent on your company. But, you know, my, my advice, if you wanted to become a security first uh, MSP, uh, or make that a flagship feature. Understanding the cost around that uh, is is ultimately what will help you make your business better over time. How long does it typically take for an MSP uh, from we'll say the the ink dried on the contract that they signed with Field Effect to the product is implemented with their their clients endpoints and everything else? Um, I think that um, that really depends on the MSP and the the approach they want to take uh we've had some partners that will dive in right out of the gates and you know over the course of a couple of weeks have uh customers converted uh to to using uh field effect and um you know the the scenarios behind that are, are sometimes we sign a new partner because um you know their old solution resulted in ransomware attacks and they said all right i'm dropping this entirely we're bringing field effect in and it's full customer saturation 
uh, over a couple of weeks. So it, it's, it is possible to move that quickly. Um, I think the record time with Covalence is signing up a new customer is within seven minutes uh, of the ink drying. Uh, we were detecting a problem on a network. That was a fun <laughs> day. Um, uh, and, you know, hats off to the, t- to the team on that one. Um, but I would say, t- you know, the the more I, I think realistic uh, outcome is when we sign a new partner on, we work with them to, you know, look at their customer space and where do you want to tackle first and where do we go from there? Like, I, I can't stress enough how much we uh, um, encourage the partnership approach. Like, we are genuinely invested in helping your company be better, helping your your customers be better. And, um, you know, uh, that pace of you adopting field effect is, is ultimately up to you. What resources or support options exist for MSPs who sign up with Field Effect? Um, so we have, uh, you know, our, our customer success team, our support team, phenomenal groups of people. Um, our uh, we have a whole knowledge base of articles about, um, you know, cybersecurity in general. A series of videos for onboarding and bringing new customers on, and and how to manage your your volume licenses. Uh, and um, I think a unique thing that I always get asked about is is uh, our partners, our existing partners, are always really willing to help new partners through that process as well. So, um, you know, we're 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 pondering the approach of how do we build a community of of assistance and and help um, around around covalence because I think it's a uh, it's an opportunity that anybody everybody would benefit from. Where do you see the MSP cybersecurity space uh, evolving? To over the next three to five years, uh, I think it's inevitable that MSPs need to work to become an MSSP. Um, perhaps not by definition, but uh, to lead with cybersecurity, uh, and and that is a you know we we talked about compliance frameworks earlier, and I think those types of frameworks are ultimately going to be um, uh, driving forces that, that push MSPs in that direction. Um, you know, you mentioned HIPAA. You know, there's lots of different uh, types of companies that have to comply with that. Well, how do they how do they do that? Uh, and I think over time, as those types of frameworks become more prevalent in professional organizations or communities, the optionality will decrease. So it'll just have to be something that MSPs deal with. And I and I think there'll be, you know, some some companies will embrace this uh, this evolution. And I I think it's an opportunity personally. Um, being an entrepreneur for 15 years, um, what I've learned is that uh, change in any industry or um, change that is coming, it is an opportunity, and you need to look at it that way. And I think if if MSPs embrace that, um, you know, it's it's success uh, just staring us all right in the face. Do you think there will be any new regulations uh, here in America or or in Canada or, or anywhere else for that matter? when it comes to anything with cybersecurity, whether it's uh, new regulations that it, that apply to all, um, I don't know, new punishments for MSPs that suck or, or whatever? That's a great question. Um, I, I don't follow too much in the U.S. as to, to you know, what's coming and, and, and whatnot. Um, you would think that you know in Europe they passed a GDPR, which is a you know a data privacy. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, uh, perhaps a little too simplistically, but it's a data privacy framework that uh, requires companies to protect data and, and whatnot. Um, there, there's been some discussion in Canada, but um, you know, classic Canadian government can't really get their ducks in a row um, with that. So we'll, we'll see. But I think intuitively uh, we'll get there. Um, the, the, there's uh, I think a, a natural path to qualifying for cyber insurance uh, around complying with particular frameworks, um, and whether it's um, you know CIS or or ISO twenty seven K, there's a varying degree of difficulty. Um, but I think you're you're you know you're the the thread you're pulling on there. There's something there. It's um, just a matter of time um, and how complex it looks like, really. I agree. And um, one thing I want to touch on, and there, there's something serious that just came out in the last couple of days. The U- United States SEC charged SolarWinds mm. and its CISO with, I want to say, fraud, uh, like for misleading investors around all of their um, breaches and everything else. Um, do you think that this is something that 
will become more common? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, the, the transparency is, is underappreciated, uh, in, in, in the business world and, uh, that, that trust factor, um, you know, as, as the world moves to more and more connectivity and, and more and more data just being out there, um, how do you trust the services? What are the, what governs, um, the ability to, the, to trust, um, vendors that you work with? Uh, I, I could totally see this becoming something that's more frequently, uh, or a, uh, a framework for disclosure. Uh, and, um, again, I, I, I think it'll happen again, just a matter of when. My last question I have is, do you have uh, one piece of advice for MSPs that are still relying on legacy siloed security tools today? Yeah. Um, evolve, uh, embrace this opportunity to, uh, to become a different type of security provider. Uh, ultimately the, the, the siloed approach will not work. Attackers will get around it and evolution is a, is a natural part of, of being better. And I, I encourage MSPs to, uh, to take that journey. You won't regret it when you do. And yeah, please reach out to field effect. If, uh, if you want help with that journey, it's, uh, it's what gets us out of bed. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much. I, um, I, I cheated a little bit. Okay. I, uh, a couple weeks ago used artificial intelligence to analyze all of the information on your website, including a bunch of PDFs that I was able to download. So, uh, I believe I have a bulleted list of all the services that field effect offers. And by services, I mean, it could all be part of covalence. Um, I, I'm just trying to break this down into different products that you're kind of replacing. So the first one I see here is managed detection and response. And that includes 24 seven monitoring, threat hunting, detection, investigation, and response by field effect security analysts. Yes. Next is endpoint security, next gen antivirus, endpoint detection and response, application allow listing on endpoints, network security with full packet capture network analysis, threat detection, micro segmentation and protocol analysis, cloud security, protection for Microsoft 365, Google Workspace, Azure, AWS, including anomaly detection. Yep, and there's about 15 other uh, packages we integrate with. Cool. Uh, probably like Dropbox and Box yep. and a few other things. ServiceNow, Vulner and Autodesk. And vulnerability scanning, internal and external vulnerability scanning and prioritized remediation recommendations. Security awareness training, interactive training for employees to avoid phishing, social engineering, and cyber threats. Incident response, emergency expert investigation, containment, eradication, and recovery services. Virtual CISO, on-demand strategic guidance on cybersecurity strategies, frameworks, policies, and more. Compliance services, assistance meeting compliance standards like PCI DSS, HIPAA, NERC, CIP, GDPR, and probably a whole slew of others. Phishing testing, customized phishing simulations to identify vulnerabilities. Yeah, that's a fun one. Security policy review. Audit and enhancement of security policies and procedures. Dark web monitoring, who doesn't offer that these days? Monitoring for compromised credentials and data on dark web sites. Sim log management, collection, correlation, and analysis of log data. DNS filtering, we mentioned this earlier, blocking malicious domains and filtering website access. Is there anything I didn't list? Uh, that's, a, that's a really awesome yeah. and comprehensive list. I think you got most of it. Um, I'd, I'd love to crack open what we're building right now in the next 18 months, but uh, I think my, my product team would hit me over the head with a two by four, <laughs> but there's more coming. <laughs> well, please come back, um, send send your, your favorite guy to come back and do a demo of Covalence and, and everything that Field Effect has to offer. And anytime you wanna come back and talk to us more about cybersecurity and teach MSPs uh, how to do it better, please reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed our conversation. Me too, Matt. And thank you for those of you that uh, watched live. I'll have the, uh, the edited version uploaded uh, tonight, tomorrow morning. Thanks so much, guys. Take care.